gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and we're broadcasting live from Transform in Vegas in the Greenhouse booth. We have two guests, Liz and Amber, and we're going to be talking about DEI. So why don't we do introductions first? So, Liz, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Liz Kaufman Burns. I'm one of the co-founders of Peopleism. We're a DEI consulting firm. I like to say I'm a recovering academic, so sociologist by training. Um, Very cool. And I'm Amber Madison, and I'm the other co-founder of Peopleism. We're, as Liz said, a DEI consulting firm, and we really like to focus on impact. So making sure that the DEI efforts you're taking on are actually doing something for you instead of just wasting budget and people's time. Um, I am a not recovered therapist. <laughs> so if you have any, any problems you want to talk about, I'm here. Oh, this is going to be fun. I can already tell. This is going to be great. An academic and a therapist walk into a bar. Yep, got it. And so, everyone else leaves. <laughs> but we're having a great time. So the yeah. thing is, you all know this topic probably better than most, right? You've seen some of the, the good, the bad, the ugly. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the positive first. So just as you look at corporate and you look and see kind of the programmatically budgets and stuff like that, like what do you think that we're doing well in DI? I'll start with you, Liz. Yeah. That was actually a tough question, but what I think is being done well is really the employees. Employees care about this, oh, and good call. they are driving employers right. to care about it in a way that I have not seen in a long time. It's really, you know, it used to be, you know, when when something went wrong, we would hear from HR leaders, right. but now they're coming to us proactively because their employees are really pushing for it. I'm seeing that in the uh, the candidates as well. So even as further as far out Absolutely. as candidates. Absolutely. Now, do you think, I don't have any data on this, so, but do you think it's generational? Do you think it's millennials and Gen Z? Or do you just think that society at a certain point, we, we all are just tired of? I think maybe, uh, generationally, people, younger folks, are more comfortable asking for it. Right. Um, but Great. I think everyone wants it. Yep. I know. I think if you, you know, when we do survey at, for our company, you know, DIB surveys, there's no difference in terms of the desire right. across generations. I think maybe though, you know, millennials were a bit braver. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I see the same thing with and with Gen Z. It's they're just unwilling. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm just you know, not. And I think it comes from like, capitalism has not been that great to them. Right. And they're not going to just take any job just because it's a job. Right. Isn't that cool? I think it's hopeful. I'm, I'm envious yeah. in a lot of <laughs> yeah. ways. Amber, what about yourself? What do you think we're doing? When I say, well, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, yeah. it's a journey. No, I, I do have a clear answer to this question, actually kind of related to what Liz said, but um, capturing like mind share and mind space. And what I mean by that is, so Peopleism started in 2018. And the majority of people I met, I would talk to them about what I was doing, saying, oh, I'm in, we called it D and I at the right, time. Right, right, right. E wasn't there. Right. And so I said, oh, I'm in D and I. What is that? Yes. Like there was no one knew anything what it is. Fast forward now, my parents who are retired professors and they, they do nothing, you know, in their working world, they did right. nothing related to business, but no. now they're retired. So they're, you know, really out of the working oh, world. Yeah. And they're forwarding me emails about, oh, here's what Duke University is doing with DEI. And, you know, like the fact that now everybody knows what it is, whereas five years ago, really very, very few people knew what it was. 
And so for all the things we're getting wrong, which right. I know we get to talk about in a little <laughs> right, bit, right, right, excited right. for that portion. <laughs> uh, but for all the things we're getting wrong, at least we have the baseline that people understand what it is, which I think contributes to what Liz was saying is that desire among employees of, oh, this is something we can ask for. And it's a known entity right. that we're talking about. When y'all first started to think about you know, doing this and when you, when you, when you started the build, I'm thinking back to 2018, you're probably in the mix of a lot of Me Too and Love is Love type stuff, right? So, like, was the conversations then more centric around women and maybe even maybe even other type of other types of disparaged groups or was? Yeah, I think the conversations definitely at the corporate level were still about women pr right. primarily. I think um, for us, absolutely not. Right. You know, um, right. I think we come from a, a pretty... Uh, deep background in, in inequality in the workplace, right. um, power dynamics. So um, that has quickly caught up. Yes. I think folks have quickly caught up to, obviously this is not just about, right. about women, but right. definitely when we started, um, there was a lot of, you know, women in leadership. Type, right, right, right. Type you guys start yeah. somewhere. I mean, we're a hundred years late, right? So you got to start somewhere and if, okay, we start with women. Great. Fantastic. Let's fix that. Which, you know, if we could do that in my lifetime, that'd be great. Um, what are we doing wrong, or what do we, what do we, what's missing in DI, Liz? You know, for me, the number one thing is that it is still seen as this outside concept, right? Um, yeah. Sally or James over in an office, it's their responsibility, yeah, and that it's about you know, let's talk about difficult conversations, something happened in the world that's terrible, Let you know, how do we talk about this? Right. I think a lot of C-suite type people think of this as the touchy-feely part right. of, right. of the right. workplace that they don't really, most of them want to get involved in. Um, and it's not seen as core to right. HR. Right. And in my view, if, if HR systems were set up fairly and equitably and inclusively, you, we would not need probably DEI as a concept. It's, it's interesting because I, I, I mean, I know you're right. You know you're right. But it's, it's, it's almost like you don't have it as it's, it's woven into everything you do. So it's woven into job descriptions. It's woven in, into internal mobility and promotions and compensation. And so at one point, it, it isn't a thing because it's intrinsically it's in everything you do and everything you think right absolutely and i think that happens we see that ball happens to start rolling so quickly once people actually look at their processes oh cool so that's what we help companies do is not starting from a training right right right, right. <laughs> no one is going to change their biases oh, no. in an hour no that's the worst we have to start with the processes right. and once people see oh you see their biases they see that yeah. this process just isn't working for right. a lot of people and it's not fair and, and people are disengaged because of it and they see how actually simple it right. is to fix it you know it becomes a lot easier it makes a lot more sense and then the c-suite sees actual results from that that's that's what they care about. And that's what they care about. I mean, that's actually what we have to do is we have to bring it back to what they care about for it to yeah. actually do something. Absolutely. Amber, I know you have an answer for this. <laughs> and you're just sitting over here. You're sitting on your hands. You're just sitting on your hands. Wait. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Get let me go. No, well, and I'll, I'll tell you where the, where the pent-up frustration comes from is I do a lot of our sales calls. Right. So my number one thing, headline of what we're doing wrong, is there's this over-focus on activity Yes. And complete lack of even acknowledgement that um, impact right. should actually be the end goal. 
And so, you know, my biggest fear being in this space right now is are we going the way of greenwashing where there's just no accountability mm -hmm. for efforts actually working? Right. It's just you need to show you're doing something. Yeah. And so... I'm so, worried. I'm worried. I'm terrified of that as yeah. well. And, and there's and, a lot you could do. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And so what happens to me all the time in the sales process is, you know, well, someone will come in, they go, I want a training. And I go, okay, mm. well, you know, what goal are you trying to achieve? No, I want a training for my leadership team. It's okay if it's multiple sessions. It's like, no, no, no. We're still talking about <laughs> what it is you're, uh, like, yeah. you know, we, we have 16 or 18 different trainings that we do. Literally, what is the goal you're hoping Try. to achieve Try. from it? Um, and, and when I talk to a lot of HR leaders about what are your DEI, you know, what are you doing with DEI? They're talking about, oh, we did ERGs. You know, they can list the activities they've done. And then if I say, oh, and what kind of impact is that having? You know, what, how have you seen that it's really moved the needle? So I got to ask you and this. And they can't answer that. And I, sorry I interrupted. No. Um, Go for it. What's your take on, um, so I, I, I tend to call diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, and equality. So I, I kind of use a lot of the letters, probably incorrectly, as a middle-aged white male. Um, but anyhow, I do. What do y'all think about like annual reports? Not, not, the, not the financial annual reports, but DEI annual reports. <sighs> Complex emotions here. Um, on the one hand, certainly what you don't measure doesn't get That's right. fixed. That's right. So That's it's right. really important to have regular reporting but what you're reporting on has to be meaningful mm. and you have to have some connection to what your strategy is to actually impact those things. I mean, we've yeah. had so years and years and years of these depressing reports where nothing is happening. Right. Transparency, I think there's this idea in tech that transparency alone is some huge virtue. No. But no, no. impact that's, is a virtue. It's table stakes. Yeah. Transparency is table stakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think a huge problem with these reports is that they overfocus on diversity. So it's you know it's right. really interesting. Over the years, it started D D and I, then yeah. DEI, now yep. DEIB or DEIA or DEIJ, you know right. whatever the letters are. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you look at the work, right. and it's still primarily focused on recruiting and hiring a more diverse workforce. Right. So that is the D part of it. But the E part of it, so at Peopleism, you know, we're really careful to define what do we mean by all these letters because right. you can't just slap them together and then throw it on a diversity initiative and say, oh, yes, it's equity and inclusion now, too. But with equity, does everyone have an equal shot at success? With inclusion, is everyone feeling really supported, valued, and able to participate? And the reports that you look at that brand themselves as DEI reports, very often, they're just talking about, you know, numbers of right. people of color at their company, numbers right. of women at their company and, and then maybe, you know, up up at different levels. So it's like in leadership positions also. Right. Right. But they're not talking about a lot of the other things that they should be measuring. And then I think we risk, when there's this over-focus on diversity overall, we risk anyone who's underrepresented being really tokenized once right. they get hired. 100%. Because then there's a sense of, oh yeah, we're just trying to look good for our diversity report. Right. And so that's why you're here, and not, oh, want, you're- And who wants that? Nobody wants that. Yeah, and if, you, if you're not also reporting out on equity and also reporting out on inclusion and, you know, for us, belonging as well, right. then it's just, it's pretty tokenizing and it's not helping anything. So I think 
like headline. If you're going to do a DEI report, make sure it's a D and E and I, you know, and anything yeah. else report. Right. But you can't just be talking about only diversity because that's one slice of the pie. What I love about both your answers uh, to both questions is that you start with what are you trying to solve for? It's algebra to some degree. Like, what's X? And what are we solving for? And then programmatically, you put budget and activities and other things and measurement against the goal of what you're trying to solve for. Yeah, exactly. Start with the solution. Yeah. Or start with, the, sorry, the goal. Right. Not the prescribed solution right. of what you think will get there. Because the reality is, and we run into this all the time, is that, you know, we alone offer probably, I don't know, 30 different services, right? And I would say the, the average employee knows about one to three DEI initiatives. That's 100%. ERGs and right. unconscious bias training maybe a mentorship program, okay? Mm, okay. And so yeah. then when, when it becomes, hey, we're gonna talk about prescribing solutions and what we need, well, if you only know three exist, then that's gonna be, you that's know, universe. square peg, right. square, you know, everything, or no, what's that expression? Square, square it's, when right you have now. a hammer, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know? <laughs> so it's like, well, this is gonna be the solution to every single problem when that's not really the case. Whereas instead, if we start with, what are you hoping to achieve? Right what's the outcome you want, then we can back into what solution will help you get there. It's just like you, you, you gave an example, I want training. That's what they bought training in the past. So training's in the budget, they bought yeah. training so they know how to buy training. But again, so comfortable with that. It's so comfortable with that. Like it's a comfortable shoe. And they know they don't have to change anything. No, no, <laughs> no, we're getting multiple sessions. Yeah, well that's not, multiple sessions doesn't help actually. Um, well, let's do measurement. What do we? What should we be measuring? And again, we probably touched on it a little bit in, in the conversation already. But like, wh when you look at your clients and you know that you've moved the needle, what what does that look like? Yeah. For us, again, it's really related to the model that we work with, as Amber was describing. So for diversity, yes, of course, we look at diversity, which is what is representation like at your company. Right. Um, equity. I think ultimately, to me, this is. If I had to pick one measurement, it would be this. It would be, who are you promoting? Oh, cool. Because that says, you know, one, your performance management yep. is fair and equitable. Well, you recruited. You recruited, they're there. Sure. Yep. And the opportunities they had are fair. The feedback they got was oh, great. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. And, they, and they're choosing to stay yeah. and, and take on right. a higher position. And management, their manager and the team feels like, that they should have that position. There's not. There's nothing in their way. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, and then you know, also employee engagement. You know, sentiment around inclusion and belonging. Right. Belonging is really, really critical. Right. In terms, you know, so many studies show that that is actually the most predictive right. of engagement. Right. Um, so you really want to make sure that that that's what's going to keep people there. I've seen that play out in recruiting with candidates that if they don't see themselves or they don't think that they can bring them whole self to work, et cetera, they just opt Absolutely. out of the process. That's why those job descriptions are so important and we've seen it so impactful to right. make them better right. because they're just scanning that really oh, yeah. quickly to see, will I fit in here? Yeah. Am I going to be able to succeed here? Well, and then, and then when the process plays out in real life and they meet the team or whatever the bid is and there's no one like them, like Gen X, I would have, I would have gone into the system to think I could fight the system from within. Gen Z looks at that and says, nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm gonna do something else. Amber, what do you think about measurement? What's your, what's your take? I mean, 
the same as Liz's. <laughs> you she know, stole it, your thunder no, no, again? No, not, not at all. It's funny because we're we come from very different perspectives right. on a lot of things, but measure, you know, I think that's something that's like we're aligned on a core. This is what you're measuring. But one thing I will add to what she said, with inclusion and belonging, the way we measure that is through our DEIB survey. So it's a lot of questions to employees right. to help understand their sense of inclusion and their sense of belonging. Well, take, some, take us into that a little bit. That's interesting. What are some of the questions that are asked? Yeah. What, Ish. That's Liz oversees the survey, you know. You know, yeah. do you feel um, included in team meetings? Oh, cool. Does your manager, do you feel like your manager values you? I would fail at everything, every one of these. I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to you talk, and I'm like, oh. And do you feel listened to? No, don't say it. Don't say it. Please don't say it. And the, the thing that we try to do, so there's a lot of engagement surveys that are like, right. do you feel like you belong? Do you feel included? And yeah. those are great, those are yeah. important, but they're not tied to a clear action. Right. So if you found out, oh, they don't feel like they belong. What do you do? What do you do? Right. You know, and what we found is it's most helpful with these surveys if you're gonna have actions that come out of them that are clear. Right. So if it is it related to managers, do they need more training and skills? Is it related to company values and culture or benefits or the HR team? You know, what is actually going on? So I'm gonna ask yeah. Amber, I gotta ask you when yeah. you when you when you give the results back to yes. the clients. So this is where I was going with that. So, yeah. So <laughs> we're the scared straight part well, of this. No. Well, sometimes <laughs> what's interesting is there is a sense of okay, well, this is employee sentiment around right. inclusion and belonging, but what's the objective truth? Right. And not understanding that inclusion and belonging is all sentiment. 100%. That is the objective truth. There's no like, oh, well, you have this policy, so actually, mm. no, your employees are more included than they're reporting. No, of course no. not. It is whatever you see in the survey, like, that per is the word of God. <laughs> you know, perception like that is, is reality. Exactly. And I think for people to understand, you know, especially we work with a lot of tech companies, and right. there's a sense of like, oh, I want the objective the objective data and th this idea that there's some objective truth yeah. Yeah. that employees cannot reveal, right. you know? Right. Um, and so understanding that when it comes to inclusion and belonging, the way to that, to measure that is employee sentiment and whatever you see there is the truth. And sometimes I give the analogy, this is the therapist. <laughs> if you are in an intimate relationship and your partner is pissed at you, Maybe they should be, maybe they shouldn't be. That's not the point. The right. point is they're upset at something and it's you have to deal with that. Huh? Whether you think you should or not is completely irrelevant. If you still want to have a good relationship with that person, you better solve it. 100%. And, and that is why actually where training is effective. Right. There's a lot of DEI training that is not at all effective. Right. And where it is effective is when it addresses those things around how do you make the relationship, the collaboration, right. the communication better? How do you make sure people know how to collaborate with a diverse workforce. I could see that being super useful, especially after the results of a survey, and you could do it tailored to their company. It's like, okay, here's what's going on in your company. Here's what they, you know, they don't feel listened to. So now let's do training on what on that looks like. Exactly that. That's and, cool. Yeah, and that's why we have, you know, a gazillion different training modules, and it right. doesn't work to just say we want a DEI training. It's right. like, well, yeah. we have so many hours of training that touch on a bunch of different aspects of DEI, right. we need to really precisely locate the problem, and then we can train for the specific behaviors. And we're talking in any two-hour training, you know, we make it really interactive, because especially over Zoom, people need to pay attention. 
we get maybe two to three behaviors that we can really teach people. That's great. And so you know what? We got to get specific on what those behaviors need to be because if we miss a mark and we're training on three behaviors we think your managers need, but actually they're fine there and we right. need something else, then the training's not going to do anything for you. And so you just wasted a bunch of money. And, and a bunch of time. Sorry. And our time. I, you know, I like for us too, oh, it's yeah. like we're not trying to just, we always say like we can make a lot more money doing something else. So 100%. we're just trying to make sure that these efforts are impactful because that's why we started this, you know. Y'all have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely Great wonderful. Question. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the you. podcast. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. All right. Anytime. <laughs>